Hello, hello, hello. Welcome one and all to the final episode of Series 1 of Don't Publish This Podcast. My name is Anthony Arnott. And that's the cue for... Me, Andrew Williams. You have seven episodes and you've still not, still not cracked it. No. Um, I was going to say something else, but I thought, now wait and see if you speak. You see, it's okay when in the same room, which happened that one time, but when we're in separate places and we're not actually, we don't have a visual. Um, yeah, it's tricky to not interrupt. I'm not going to lie. What I should have said was me, Andrew Williams, aka <clears throat> series winner. But I didn't want to be that big. Oh guy. yes. No, no. It needs it needs to be mentioned. That uh, it needs to be mentioned. It needs to be mentioned at the get go. Um, at the off. Yes. So if you are joining us. Very first time, dear listener. What are you mean? <laughs> Get with the program. Oh, your life out. Um, yeah, literally. So, um, yes, if you're just joining us, Andrew is our series champion. Yay! But yes, Andrew has won this series uh, four points to two. There's absolutely no way that he can be defeated this evening as we move into the fantasy realm. How did you find it? Uh, do you know what? Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, a, yeah, I, I was, I wrote it in within twenty four hours of the um, the romance, so I kind of had mm-hmm. my creative um, mind pretty active and ready. Um, I, I was in, in the zone. zone. I genuinely thought you were going to say creative juices flowing, and I hate that phrase. Ah, uh, no, I wasn't going to say that. I didn't say that. It makes just... me feel sick. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, 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 it's not a, yeah. What are creative Very juices? Is it paint? Oh. Paint um, like a creative juice. Yes, it, it is now. That's that's the less icky version of, of what was going on in my head. Oh, yes. good Lord. Oh, goodness me. Yes. How did you find it, Mara? Um. Yeah, really. Uh, yes. I did. Uh, I did find it. Good, good. You're quite, you're quite right. Um, no, I found it. I found it quite, quite not easy. I don't want to say easy. Um, but I think from the get go, I think what I've done over the course of the series is I've stumbled into a little bit of a pattern in the sense of um, I'll find I don't know like a blueprint if you like or a template or a plot mm-hmm. structure or something that I like and go. That's what I'm gonna essentially pinch for um, my story this week. So with the historical one, yes, the historical one, uh, Dash and Dirk Daffelbank, um, I pinched the, the plot line essentially of Carly Way. Um and with this one, um, I kind of harked back to my teaching days. Not, not kind of like step on too much, and um, that wasn't discussed later on. Um, but I harked back to my teaching days where I used to sort of teach kids how to write, like. Not how to write stories, but basically yeah, how to structure stories. And, and I just did kind of like the hero structure, the hero story structure, which is found in pretty much every single kind of story that you can find. Um, see Star Wars and Stardust and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and it at all. Um, so yeah, so I, as soon as I kind of got that and started like jotting notes down around that. I was, I was kind of good to go. Do you know what I mean? It kind of wrote yeah. itself, but it kind of like, as long as I kept 
going along with those kind of like key points and, and all the rest of it then. Yeah, I I just went um, silly. I went. This is the silliest I think I've been. Um, because yeah, you made a point the other day. You know, and maybe maybe the writing's getting a little bit too tight for our unpublishable podcast. So I went about Mm -hmm. as silly uh, as I've been thus far, with hopefully without spoiling the story too much. Because you know, I do want some listening pleasure. Um, Oh yeah. So yeah, I got a little bit, a little bit playful with uh, with my story this week. But um, yeah, see what you see what you think. But I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, in in, in the interest of being uh, sporting, should we do away with the coin toss this week? Um, and I'm gonna say, what would you prefer? Would you like to go first? Would you like to go second? Shall I go first? Because um, you want to? Me, yeah, me laptop's running out of charge. So now, get it in before you run out of juice. <laughs> Yeah, creative juice. Um, yuck. Ugh. Yeah, before the recording goes AWOL, should we uh, crack on? Yeah, let's, let's. So this, my fantasy story, is called An Adventurous Quest of a Journey. Ooh, good title. Thanks. If you like that, it's all downhill from here, but okay. I look forward to it. Centuries ago, in a faraway land, there lived a humble farm girl called Fluella Skidmoon. She... Me. Uh, I thought you were going to say skid mark and the fact that you didn't really tickle me. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad you enjoyed oh, it so far. Oh, I'm, only, I'm only seven words in or something. I know, that is a good good start. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. Fluella skid moon. I'll say it again. She lived in a village on the outskirts of a large kingdom which was ruled by Catflap an evil sorcerer who used magic to keep everyone in check. Cash flap or cat flap? Cat flap. What do you think I said? Cash flap. Cash flap. Yeah. That sounds like a really bad game show from the 90s. (laughs) Hosted by by Darren Day or Bradley Walsh or Shane Ritchie or or Michael Bible. Possibly. No, I I think he was in Cash Flap. Prime nineties Barrymore was Saturday night. I'm thinking this is just like Saturday evening when they're trying to fill something. When they're trying to fill the bullseye hole, if you like. Mm. Anyway, sorry, I, I digress. Catflap, ruled by Catflap, an evil sorcerer who used magic to keep everyone in check. One day, when while Fluella Skidmoon was shoveling hay from one side of her farm to the other, a strange animal that had the body of a horse the legs of a chicken, and two heads, both with the face of a fish, arrived. Hello, Fluella. My name is Mudslop, and I have travelled from the kingdom to tell you about your parents. My parents? My parents are dead. They left me this farm. No, said Mudslop, before he brayed and clicked at the same time. Your parents are the king and queen of this land. They sent you here when you were a baby, as they sensed that Catflap was growing more powerful. Fluella shook her head in disbelief. I don't believe it, she said. Why did they not stop him? They tried, but it was too late. 
Cut Flop was there called Jester, but he'd been practicing magic in secret and finally took over the kingdom. That was 21 years ago today. Today's your birthday. Bon anniversaire, Fluella. And it's time for you to return to the kingdom and save your parents. Many happy returns. But how will I defeat Catflap with my help? To create a bit of dramatic tension, Fluella said she wouldn't go off on such a magical adventure, but then she spent a day shoveling manure on her farm before turning to Mudslop and saying, OK. That evening, they travelled further into the kingdom, to a wasteland that used to be an old lake. There, they stopped at a rock, and Fluella sat down. What are we doing here? Waiting for me. A ghostly wizard appeared from behind a tree, making Fluella jump from the jump up, sorry, from the rock she was sitting on. Who are you? I was the all-powerful wizard who for years protected your parents, the king and the queen, and their kingdom, until the evil jester Catflap grew so powerful and killed me with his magic. Thankfully, before he did, I cast a spell that stopped him from killing your parents, so Catflap put them in prison. But before he did that, they managed to send you off to the farm, where you've lived for all these years, until your 21st birthday, when it would be safe for you to return to the kingdom and rescue your parents. They call me Douglas, and I am here to guide you across the lake. Fluella looked around at the deserted wasteland before asking, What lake, you creepy old wizard? Douglas the wizard raised his ghostly hand and suddenly the wasteland was filled with cool, clear water while a small boat was tied up on the rock Fluella had been sat on. You must go now, declared Douglas. There's no time to waste. Fluella and Mudslop boarded the boat and sailed across the magical water before they reached the other side of the lake. As soon as they had both stepped off the boat, the water disappeared. Magic. Fluella and Mudslop walked further toward the kingdom when they came across a small hut. We need a rest, said Mudslop. Maybe the person who lives here will let us rest for a while. Fluella knocked on the door, only for it to be opened by a young man. Hello, my name is Slava Smog Smog. How may I help you? Hello, sire. We are on a long and perilous quest and we need somewhere to rest and perhaps something to eat. May we stop a while at your hut before carrying on with our journey? Slava Smog Smog smiled and stood aside. By all means, come in. Inside Slava's hut, Mudslop and Fluella sat, while Slava made them a drink. So what is this long and perilous journey you're on? We're going to the centre of the kingdom, and we're going to defeat Catflap, so that Fluella here can rescue her parents, the king and the queen, Mudslop announced. Slava stopped what he was doing. You're going to defeat Catflap? Mudslop smiled and nodded. That's the plan, Fluella said. I can help you, Slava declared. You'd help us? Yes. Catflap is my brother, and he used to be so caring and funny when he was a court jester, but when he learned dark magic, he became an instant knacker and tried to kill me because I tried to stop him. After they'd all had a drink and, a, and sat for a bit, Fluella, Mudslop and Slava all ventured off towards the castle, where Catflap lived and ruled. Getting there, they were greeted by Catflap, who was so powerful that he knew they were all coming. He had a dark harlequin jumpsuit on, with bright red hair and pale skin, which made his black eyes all the more prominent. Ah, the royal baby has returned, he hissed, and you've brought back a pathetic collection of creatures, including my idiot brother. I'm not the idiot, you're the idiot, Slava said idiotically. I may have been the joker of the family, but you were always the joke of the family. Enough, Fluella shouted, and drawing her sword, charged towards Catflap, who very quickly fired blue magic from his fingertips zapping Fluella and sending her to the ground. As this happened, Slava drew his sword and swiped a cat flap, 
forcing him to release Fluella. Run, free your parents, Slava cried as Catflap magically created a sword and both he and Slava began to fight. Fluella and Mudslop ran into the castle and began searching for the king and the queen. You cannot win, brother, Catflap spat at Slava as their swords clashed in a very theatrical and entertaining way like something out of a good old-fashioned swashbuckling film. Witty barbs and daring swordplay was exchanged as brother and brother fought. Meanwhile, Fluella and Mudslop found the king and queen imprisoned in a cell. Mudslop charged at the door and smashed it open, only for Fluella to enter the cell and, and embrace her parents. It's so good to see you, our beautiful daughter, they said, before Fluella replied with, It's so good to meet you. All three of them jumped on Mudslop's back and rode out of the castle, just in time for Slava to open Catflap with a de deadly swipe of his sword. Catflap fell and gasped as blood flowed out of his wound. You have killed me and you have won, Catflap uttered before breathing his last. At this, Fluella, Slava, Mudslop and the king and queen all cheered. Hooray! Later that day, king and queen Skidmoon were reinstated onto the throne. Fluella and Slava were married and Mudslop was awarded a big shiny medal for his bravery. The whole kingdom parted until dawn and no one spoke about the evil Catflap ever again. The end. Discuss. Thoroughly whimsical story this evening, Mara. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't think we've had quite enough whimsy. So it's, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I'm going to, before I ask my usual question, because I, I think it's always good to hear where your um, thought process was. Um, two things came to mind for me. Uh, yes. One was Harry Potter. Hi. And the other was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, although that may have been the similarity between the wonderful name um, Slava Smarg Smarg and the character Slotty Bartfast. If that was what kind of struck a chord with you, it was not intentional. Um, as I know you're a big fan of it, and uh, to my shame, it's something that I've never really ventured into, whether it's uh, on stage, screen, through radio, or on the page. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's never, never been something that's kind of crossed my path. Um, it's something I'd like to read. Don't get it wrong. Um, it's a trilogy of four books that I'm sure you would enjoy. I dare say I, dare say I would. I know, it's, I, I know from, what, from what I gather, from what I know of it, um, it's the sort of thing that I know for a fact that I, that I probably would get a bit of a kick out of. Um, but for whatever reason, it's, it's not, like I say, it's never kind of crossed my path. Um, it might be something that I, that I certainly look into. So if, if, if it's like, but at the same time, it, it's, I know it's really like influential um, and it probably influenced something which has then in, inspired me to create such a silly name. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's mm -hmm. kind of like indirectly uh, inspired us, if you like, um, I suppose. But no, um, Harry Potter, I suppose if you're going to talk about magic, getting fired around and stuff like that, then... Well, it was, it was kind of um, the whole um, when you turn 21 thing. I know Harry Potter was like, he got to the age of go to wizard school. I, I, I've only seen like the first film, but it was the whole, you know, when, when you yep. get to this age, you can complete the quest kind of thing. 
to be fair though, I think that's that's from again from what I gather from other kinds of stories yeah. in in this um, genre. That's that's very much like a, a stable. You get the seven or ten or eighteen or twenty one or whatever, um, and it's and then and, and then you are the age to come back and reclaim the throne or something or yeah it's not exclusive to harry potter but i get i get i get why no but no the um the big influences um i suppose labyrinth or in the late great david bowie um mm-hmm. would probably be in there um trying to think what else there's something, there's something else there kind of oh willow the film I've not seen the, oh, the series, yes. um, but Willow the film, um, definitely. Um, me and uh, my fiance are currently watching Once Upon a Time, so there's a lot of, lot of like fantasy and and kind of like stories of that of that in there with the, the strange creatures and it's all an adventure and it's all quests and stuff like that. And um, so that I certainly would have like yeah, in well, as zany as it was, like there was. I, I... There's a lot of imagery in there that I, I don't know if it was. I, I don't. It, it, the whole thing with the water as well, and again, this is something that you wouldn't have envisaged. But when you said the um, the water that came out of nowhere, um, yeah. I pictured a scene from, and this is completely different. Um, the well, George C. Scott version of A Christmas Carol, where the ghost <laughs> of um, Christmas yet to come, kind of. Um, I might be getting mixed up actually with another version, but where he's on like a little boat uh, uh, going over what I assume to be Hades. I think I might be getting it mixed up with something else, but he does kind of float in the Christmas Carol on um, the George E. Scott one. But anyway, the, the whole I just imagined a, a very a, a much jollier version. Yeah. Of um, uh, of that, you know, just floating across the water, um, like a, I don't know, like not quite Moses, but I don't know. I'm it's it's late again. You know, it's twenty past ten today, so my my mind's going off on all sorts of tangents. I know, I know. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm on my seventh rum of the evening. Um, jealous. Anyway, sorry, we uh, I digress again. Um, no, so. So the, the water thing actually kind of came, it was a little bit, I don't know where I've kind of, this is kind of sparked from originally, but it was a bit of an idea that was left over from um, Western Week. Okay. Uh, I don't quite remember, but the, the, the pirate kind of comes in and I kind of like the idea that it's a bit Narnia-ish, it's a bit uh, Swallows and Amazons where they go across the water and I like the idea that like as they traveled over the water, Something magical would happen, and they would end up in somewhere else, or when they got on the other end of the, the other end of a um, nautical journey, they they'd become like older or different people or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I, it originally kind of like was was inside the the Western story, um, Marshall Marshall and the Banana Split Gang, um, but it didn't really kind of fit there. So when when this kind of came along, I thought, oh, they need to, at some point, and I go again, I go back to this. Kind of like the hero structure. At some point, they need to cross the threshold. They need to, they need to like start the actual physical journey. They need to take the first step. Where like, or obviously, go back to Star Wars, which there's a big influence in there. And um, stepping onto the spaceship, 
you know what I mean, agreeing to go with Obi Wan and become a Jedi, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so like they need to physically start the journey, they need to start moving forward. Um, so that's that's when I when that kind of I basically put those two hands together and I thought actually that that, that works quite well. <laughs> Um, so did you have, with it being the last week, did you have a lot of ideas that you wanted to, you know, left over from, from previous stories or? <laughs> no, 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 there was nothing, no, no, that's, that's the only one really, and even that one's a very kind of like time reference, which again, going back to Western Week, I kind of like glanced over, thought about for about, about 15 seconds and then quickly dismissed, um, and then somehow it, it kind of like came rattling back into my head when it, when it came to this story. Um, the other influence, actually, um, not necessarily something that that like was a was a previous idea, but um, uh, the Dark Knight. Um, Heath Ledger's Joker on the Dark Knight. That's that's right. where kind of the inspiration, if you like, for for Cat Black kind of came from. I like the idea of, um, and again, I think this goes back to like Once Upon a Time and the things that that me and me have been watching. Um, but I, I like the idea of well, what if there's the king and the queen and whether there's a good kings and queens or evil kings and queens or whatever. What if the court jester who is just seen as the joke, who's just seen as the the um the, the whipping boy, if you like, and is just is not taken seriously at all. What if they are like on the sly becoming quite powerful and, and, and but nobody's really paying any any yes. attention and not really kind of like following up. I quite like that idea. Yeah, yeah. I quite like that idea like going back to Heath Ledger's joker how He's, he's, he's kind of like, I mean, the big the, one of the big phrases, sorry, from from the Dark Knight is some men just want to watch the world burn. So it's not, he's not even doing it for a reason. He just wants to mess things up. He wants to wants to shake things up a little bit and 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 kind of like um, rattle a few cages, if you like, and, and and all the rest of it. So I thought, oh well, what, what, how could I kind of like incorporate that kind of that that kind of character in, into mine? So if I mean, going back to what you did last week with uh, going back to uh, Barton and the Beans, yeah. um, I suppose if I was going to ever return to anyone, I suppose it would be that. And what would, what would his story be? Like the, 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 his journey, if you like, from court jester to um, this like evil sorcerer, essentially. Because usually... In, 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 season two? Yeah, possibly. Quite possibly. Um, don't rule it out, kids. Never say never. Oops. Never, never, never. Say never. Um, Sometimes in a row. Well, I mean, I, I think the consider it was it was probably, in fact, without a doubt, your most concise story to date. You fit quite a lot in there. Begin you know, a lot, a lot of references, a lot of imagery, um, and and you trademark a lot of silly names. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna have to stop that next series. I think. I think I'm running out of running out of steam. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, and, may, and maybe that will be the beauty of it as well, because if if the names start to lose a bit of luster, maybe the stories will become even more unpublishable. Yeah, quite quite right. And you know, who knows? As I say, what what our mystery reader, like the, the mysterious, um, the real mystery of the mystery reader is. I I, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about him, but he's like. Many or different her. people in one, or her, he or she is like many different people in one, and yes, from, from one story to the next, from one day to the next, from one breath to the next, you do not know um, what they're going to like, what they're going to dislike, what they publish, Indeed. what they wouldn't. 
But uh, no, an enjoyable, um, an enjoyable yarn as always. Um, and yeah, I feel like we've, I think there's some similarities between our thought processes uh, mm. this week. Um, and and, and I, yeah, I just, I just think we've, I think we've both ramped up the silliness, which is which is good. I think we've both. Um, you mentioned something earlier, which wasn't a direct part of your story, but is mm-hmm. a direct part of mine. Um, all right, let's uh, let's crack on then. The name of my story this week, and hopefully it won't give away too much, is the cat. The crone and the cupboard. <laughs> Bit of a dive, this, isn't it, boys? said Johnny Riverboat disdainfully. You sure we can't afford better the digs than this? Mate, replied Jerry Pampers. If we spend too much time, uh, I'm going to start the whole thing again because I just ruined the delivery of that. Being far too tongue in cheek. Start again. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a bit of a. Uh, a diva when it comes to my recordings, aren't I? You are, yeah. I'll go again. The cat, the crone, and the cupboard. Can bit of a dive, this isn't it, boys? Said Johnny Riverboat disdainfully. You sure we can't afford better digs than this? Mate, replied Jeremy Pampers. If we spend too much on where we live, that it eats into the beer money for the year. I smash my loan in freshers. I can't be doing that again. Johnny and Jeremy had been housemates at uni previously and, along with a couple of girls, Hazel Nuts and Cordelia Cronenberg, had decided to get a house together in second year. They were a fairly lively bunch and had given themselves nicknames based on some of their most embarrassing experiences in first year. Well, except for Hazel Nuts, who really wished people didn't think her name came from an embarrassing experience. I suppose you're right, said Johnny. We can't really expect too much. Hey, I have an idea. I don't know if I'm doing the same voices as these characters, by the way. Hey, I have an idea, ventured Jeremy, mischievously. Why do we go and hide from the girls whilst they're still chatting to the landlady? When they come into the room we're in, we'll jump out and scare them. Oh, you absolute scoundrel, chuckled Johnny. These are just the sort of hijinks those crazy kids had got up to together over the last year, which was exactly why they had decided to shack up together once more. It was also why no one else wanted to. The boys quickly darted upstairs and searched the bedrooms for a suitable hiding place. Hey, come in here, Johnny shouted from the largest of the four bedrooms. There's a cupboard we can hide in. Jeremy popped his head round the door, just in in time to see Johnny disappear inside. Um, I'm not sure, he mumbled, worried his corpulent frame might not fit inside the pokey-looking cupboard with his mate. Come on, it's way bigger inside than it looks, Johnny shouted back, realising the reason behind his friend's hesitance. Reluctantly, Jeremy clambered into the cupboard. Huh, it really is big in here, he remarked. But what's that light over there? Sure enough, there was a light inside the cupboard that appeared to be in the distance. How is that possible? How is it possible that lads were now walking towards it? (laughs) Is this cupboard from Ikea or something? Asked Johnny with remarkable calm. I don't think so, replied Jeremy a little more nervously. Sorry, I'll do that again. I don't think so, replied Jeremy a little more nervously. I think this is some kind of magical cupboard. Maybe we should turn back. 
Mate, this is sick, quipped Johnny. He was the self-proclaimed cool one of the group. Let's see what's in here. They walked together towards the light, which Jeremy seriously hoped was not the gates of heaven beckoning him. He was too young to die. As they got closer, it became clear that the light was from an old-fashioned street lamp. Whoa, that's weird, exclaimed Johnny excitedly. And look over by that tree. Lamps and trees and cupboards? This was getting a bit too much for poor Jeremy. He was too scared to go back alone, so he reluctantly followed Johnny towards what appeared to be a man with a goat's head. We can ask him for directions, Johnny said excitedly. Back home? asked Jeremy hopefully. No, to where's good for food? I'm starving. As he approached the man-goat, he or it turned and looked at them and took a step back, startled. Oh, uh, hi, mate, ventured Johnny. As he did so, the man-goat lowered its head and began scraping its foot along the ground repeatedly. Oh, no, cried Johnny. It's not a man-goat. It's a goat-man. Run! The boys turned and ran, just as the goat-man charged at them. Jamie moved with surprising fleet-footedness, fueled by sheer terror. After a swift 50-yard dash, he'd run out of steam, but fortunately the goat-man had already given up and was now heading in the opposite direction. Jeremy slumped to the floor. Meow! Came a yelp of pain. Get off my tail! Um, I don't know why I'm playing that as cat from uh, Red Dwarf, but I'm going to go with it. I was literally just about to write that. I was, li I was literally going to say, is that cat from Red Dwarf? It is now. Um, Jeremy shot up. Well, clambered up quite slowly, to be honest, but it was as quick as he could manage. To his surprise, he had sat on a cat's tail, and to his even greater surprise, it had spoken to him. How many apple sours did we actually have this morning? He asked Johnny, remembering the odd choice of drinks they'd had with their Weatherspoon's breakfast earlier. Not enough to be imagining this, <laughs> laughed Johnny. Gentlemen, I interrupted the cat. I'm afraid there's no time for you chaps to be chatting away. Your very presence puts you in grave danger. Ow! I added that meow today, but never mind. D -d -d danger, stammered Jeremy, who was starting to wish he was wearing pampers. Yeah, what danger? asked Johnny. Where the heck are we? You boys have wandered into cupboard land. Here we are ruled by an old crone who dresses like a witch. She can't do magic, but she sure is mean and she won't like you boys being here. Why not? asked Johnny. She hates students, came the cat's reply before chuckling. <laughs> to be fair, who doesn't, right? Johnny and Jeremy laughed nervously. The cat continued. Many years ago, she was the landlady of this house this cupboard sits in. She used to be a kind landlady. Years of students leaving her house a mess and causing problems with the neighbors took its toll on her. Eventually, she hid in the cupboard and started a new life in here. But how did it get so big? Asked Johnny curiously. Before the cat had time to answer, they were interrupted by an ominous voice. Students! I smell students! The three turned to see a haggard old woman marching towards them, carrying a broom threateningly. Oh, no, the broom, cried the cat. You boys are on your own. With that, he scarpered into the distance, leaving the boys at the crone's mercy. What do we do, Johnny? asked Jeremy. Nothing, cackled the crone. <laughs> you are under my command now. You will spend your remaining years cleaning my house until your fingers bleed. When you can clean no more, you'll spend your days watching Gardener's World with me and playing bridge. No, not that. Anything but that, cried Johnny, who was finally a little worried. He didn't know what frightened him more, the idea of cleaning or having to keep the old lady company forevermore. Actually, it was definitely the cleaning. 
Please, I beg you, sobbed Jeremy. Can we do anything to make you spare us? No, she spat. It's too late. In all my years dealing with you people, not one bit of kindness was forthcoming. Why should I spare you? Suddenly, inspiration struck. Johnny had a plan. Whilst the crone continued her rant about her hatred of students, he quickly relayed his idea to Jeremy, and they were ready for action. Excuse me, said Johnny. Don't dare interrupt me, growled the crone. I'm so sorry, he said, before pulling out a packet of Werther's original he had left in his pocket for a recent visit to his granddad's. I was just wondering if you'd like one of these. Ah, for me? asked the crone in surprise. A tear was beginning to form in the corner of her good eye. Yes, of course, said Johnny, holding out the packet. The first act of kindness I've ever been shown, she sobbed happily as she reached out to take one. You boys will be spared. Something else. Thank you so much. I will never forget. Now, yelled Johnny. At Johnny's command, Jeremy yanked the broom from the distracted crone's grasp and hit her over the head with it. Run, he squealed, and the two students made haste back in the direction of the street lamp and, eventually, the cupboard door. They needn't have bothered running, as the crone was not only concussed, but was also in need of a hip replacement. The boys fell out of the cupboard panting and slammed the door behind them. Their ordeal was over. <laughs> what have you boys been doing in there, eh? smirked Hazelnuts with a wink. Uh, nothing, replied Jeremy sheepishly. Come on, let's go and check out that other place. No, this is perfect, said Cordelia Cronenberg cheerfully, and the landlady has just given us a massive discount. Yes, came a familiar voice from the hallway. The boys turned nervously to see the crone step through the bedroom door. I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy having you boys stay here. Another great story, Ma. You can you can tell why the you're the you know the champion of uh, don't publish this podcast, mind. Did you actually enjoy that one? <laughs> Do you know what? It's it's obviously like from the title, the cat, the crone, and the cupboard. It's sort of the, the the big reference is 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 clear to see. Let's say. Um. So I obviously like I wrote that down, and then I wrote like next to it, put like L W and W, like lion witch in the wardrobe. Um. Sure. I thought, right, where 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 you go with this? And then, like, as it kind of went on, even even the even the names, Johnny and Jeremy and, and Hazel, you know what I mean? Even even the names, it's like homage. I wrote I wrote the word homage, yeah. and then you get to um the the the, the who then becomes like the goat man. But obviously, before we get to that point, I put pastiche, and you've got like you mentioned of like the the um. Like the lampposts in the trees, like the lights yes. hanging in the trees. Which I'm really um, regretting that I kept as an old-fashioned street lamp. I'm sort of wishing I'd just done it as like a normal street light or like an Ikea lamp or something, but never mind. Well, when we got to that point, I moved from homage to pastiche to rip off. That's what, yes. I, wrote, that's what, I, that's what I wrote down there. And then when it, when it gets to the cat, I, I then scribbled, unashamedly so. Um, <laughs> which was that... But I love, but I love that though. That's 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 that's, that's one of the one of the reasons why I, why I particularly enjoy that story because you didn't seem to be like like to, to, you didn't try and like rein it in. You didn't try and hide it. You just like no, this is this, this is like the idea. It's one of them. It's kind of like one of them them books where again, kind of going back to like the Hobbit and Game of Thrones, where you get big cultural phenomena, phenomena, and then you get all the like 
all the all the the, the, the books that end up in, in the works, and you think, oh, would that make a good Father's Day present? Because he likes a laugh, um, and it's only a quid. You know what I mean? It was one of them where it's just like it's just what a shame that like yes, I have ripped off this big massive thing that that everyone loves. Let me um, take a small amount of your money. Yes, basically, and I quite, but I really liked that though. I really, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, the one thing, I mean, obviously we mentioned about Cat being from Red Dwarf. About you, you kind of like lose it yourself that it wasn't intentional. But then once you kind of like had that voice, you couldn't hear any. You couldn't. I couldn't picture anybody else. I think the you know meow. I, mean? I think might have been in there yeah. when I wrote it, but that I wasn't playing the characters that way. I literally just had that word. But then once I'd done the voice of that, I couldn't. I couldn't stray from it. It's weird that yeah, I had that thought and then didn't write him as cat. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he is now. Well, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't not picture. I don't think you described what he was wearing, but I couldn't not picture him in like a a snazzy sharp suit. You know what I mean? And a, a, like, or at least a very loud suit. I was a little bit good that you didn't mention the cat pajamas. I thought cat pajamas were gonna were gonna end up in there somewhere. But yeah, do you know? Funny enough, I've had that thought about stories, um, but yeah, it it didn't um didn't make its way into this one, sadly. So my apologies. No, 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 no. no that's that was just that was just me. Um, Weatherspoon's breakfast made another uh, another appearance. That's awesome. that's a third, a third of your story that's uh, Weatherspoon's breakfast has, has appeared in. Yeah, we've um, got the Barton and the Beans saga. It could also be the we- the Weatherspoon saga. Yes, yeah, indeed, uh, yeah, the, the, the Weatherspoon trilogy. Um, yeah, I'd quite, I'd, I'd quite like, I'd quite like to see that kind of like develop further. Like, it's sort of, sort of, like how a Weatherspoon's breakfast kind of features in in a lot of your stories. Do, do you um, know the, the only reason it came into this one was because I was trying to think of the naffest drink that students might have that they would reference. And the naffest one right. I could come up with was apple sours. And I was like, well, when, <laughs> where, and why would they be having apple sours at, you know, a reasonable hour of the day? And I just thought, yeah, yeah. have it Weatherspoons with your breakfast. Yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> geez, right. You may be excused. Yeah. Ah, frog in my throat. Um, <clears throat> Frag in my throat for some reason. <clears throat> Sorry, it's gone now. Um, yes. So, uh, what was I going to say there? Uh, the name Coverland. I love that. I, I thought that was that, that was brilliant. In fact, I think that might be my very favourite part of it. But I did like the 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 crone. I, I loved her as character. And I don't know yeah. if it's because we've obviously gone back. I think both you and I, me and D, um, Anthony and Andrew are a little bit obsessed with the elderly for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I think in, in, in a non-creepy way. In a non-creepy way, yeah. We're, we're just, I think, for me, I don't, I can't speak for yourself. But for me, I think it's just um, that kind of that element of what's it gonna be like when I'm when I'm old. Not necessarily like scared of it or worried about it or or anything like that. But like, oh god, I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> But I think I think because obviously like the feature a lot. I mean, you mentioned like in my very first story, the horror one, and then obviously you've you've had Ethel Elderberry and, and and the like in, in some of your stories as well. Um, but yeah, no, but I liked her. I love I like like the fact that she she obviously like must have at some point have gone into like helping student accommodations for like for like the right reasons and to help and to help and to be part of it and not just to make money, but somehow over the years. Going to resent them and hate them and and, and all the rest of it. So I I, I liked I liked that. I, I kind of got that really quickly. Um, 
And then, but I was, I was a little bit, I was a little bit sad when yeah. when he gave her the words. And then yeah. she was like, and even the way you said it, even the way you were like, you were talking like from her point of view, like a voice changed. Like, oh, the first act of kindness someone showed me in so many years, and then suddenly just get absolutely whacked and taken <laughs> out. So I'd written first act of kindness in quotation marks, and then schmaltz. With a little heart next to it, um, and then that you, you took it away from us. It was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was apart from the the uh, um, the goat man. I think that's my favorite part of it all. I I, I yeah. like the idea of um, the diff. And I, I might have even got the way around, but the difference between a goat man and a man goat. It's like it's the same thing, mm-hmm. really. But it's like it's not a man that's got a goat's features and can talk. It's just a goat with a man's feature. I almost man. did a, um, um, a goat's body with a man's head, but I thought, well, that's just Mr. Tumner still, isn't it, really? So I just, yeah, uh, yeah. there's no way to describe it. It's literally just the head on the end of the neck, which I thought would look quite amusing. Um, plus, he would have nothing to charge with. But then, yeah, that and then the whole, oh, look, they've got away through an act of kindness. And then the whole, I feel like, I feel like that's, I've seen something like that, I'll be honest. I can't say where exactly, but on The Simpsons or somewhere like that, I'm sure they've made a similar kind of joke where it's like, oh, yeah, oh, everything's, you know, oh, everything's lovely. Thank you so much. Now, and then and whack. Yes. Run, boy. Yeah. Yeah. It probably, yeah, uh, probably, you're probably right. But The Simpsons has probably happened like a, a few times. Yeah. Um, but what, but like, good, what, good what apart, apart, from the, apart from the obvious, what else kind of like in, in, inspired you or influenced you with the story? Was it was the was the just the obvious, really? Or... I mean, I, mean I, I just yeah, I I I, I, I realized. Do you know what? Do you not know have realized over the um, recording of this series? I've become quite one-dimensional in the things that I <laughs> read or watch these days, and if it's not got mm. some sort of um, criminal with an Italian background I've probably not I've probably not um read it or watched it in a long long time so I'm like I'm clutching you know clutching at straws really for inspiration on all these different genres we've done so it's like fantasy what like what what fantasy can I think of and I just thought I kind of Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe I came up with kind of the different take on the name like the idea of the goat man joke and it, and it just kind of went from there and, and then yeah. I suppose the other thing, I was a little bit inspired by by you. Um oh. and <laughs> yes, and one of your characters, um your detective, the student, and I just thought, yeah, students, that's that's I really enjoyed mm. that story. Um yeah, thank you very much. so I thought let's let's revisit let's revisit um not one of your stories, but the, the student world as well. Um, yeah, just touching back on the old people, touching back on. Let's make sure we phrase that right. Um, I, I, I just think <laughs> <laughs> there's there's such there's such a lot of scope for character development and a life lived. Um, mm. And we've got both ends of the spectrum in this story. You know, you've got your students who, you know, they think students. We've been students. You know, you think yeah, you know everything, you think you're all grown up, but you're literally, you, you oh, just, you're still was... at the beginning, you know. You think you're not a kid anymore. More like it than I am now. Yeah, well, well, absolutely, you know. And it's, and it's, it's, you've got that on one end. And what 
you know, unless they've had an horrific childhood, which hopefully they've not, um, there's not a lot of backstory there for, for those characters. No. But then you've got this crone who has lived a life. Um, yeah. And then the typical sort of, you know, she's been annoyed by students and their lack of kindness. And then yeah. the irony, I suppose, as well, is that the act of kindness they do show is actually just a trick so they can get away from that in quite violent fashion. Yeah. I think if they, if, I think that kind of harks back to what I said uh, back in episode one, where I like the idea, I personally like the idea of, or maybe not necessarily like the idea, but question the idea of when you when you go to these stories and things like that. Very often, it's somebody very young who's going on their quest or on their journey, or on it's like, well, what if mm. you're eighty and you still haven't had that. Kind of like that quest, that that kind of adventure. Do you know what I mean? You've, mm. And like you say, you've you've lived a life, you've you've seen some stuff, and and all the rest of it. But you've you've kind of not really like put it in action. And yeah. and that was something that like going back to mine. Sorry, to kind of like I bosh your section here. But oh, go for it. I'm, I'm, mine, I'm looking at the time. Mine's gone on longer anyway. So feel free to dip back into your story. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I was just busy going to say like I, I I did toy with her eyes here. Well, I think, and again, go back to what you're saying about it being one-dimensional um, with your ideas and things like that and what you read. Um, I think the way that I've tackled each week is, right, if I was a bad horror writer, or, but if, if, sorry, no, if I was a horror writer and I was probably not as good as I thought I was, what would I churn out? And that's what I've kind of essentially done each week. Like, so if I was a a fantasy writer, and I kind of saw myself as the next Tolkien or J.R.R. Martin or mm. whatever. Um, but, I'm, but I'm getting ideas of reputation. What what was the kind of sort of thing that I would that I would be churning out? Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's how I've kind of like tackled it and continue, and I will continue to tackle it in that way as well. Continue away, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think that kind of. Um brings us nicely round to um, a slightly less dramatic end um, today and a decision on on the victor. So, the victors. Um, it's quite nice that this week, the after a couple of weeks of the mystery reader messaging myself, and feeling the, the pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to sit back and listen to you say who the winner is today. Yeah, our, our uh, mystery reader was very much, again, hot off the press the last, the last few weeks. Of, they, must have, they must have thought, let's get the series over with. Yeah, been very double good. down, let's just get rid of these couple yeah. of jokers. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's put them up the misery for a, for a little while, until, until series two at least. Um, but yes, no, you're quite right. The results, the results lie with with me this week, um, and I shall open up the email because they're very much on it. You missed the first three leader. I'm I'm still nervous, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, you think I know, but I think I'm starting to get a little bit more competitive than we were at the start. You know, we were very very polite. Now it's like I want I want blood, not your yeah. blood, but metaphorically speaking, metaphorical blood. Yes, very much. Uh, Just a little nosebleed, nothing major. <laughs> Just a little nosebleed from yeah. anyone. From anyway, anyone. Anyway. As long as somebody bleeds, I'm happy. <laughs> Weird, but okay. 
Okay, right. So, and uh, the first story, the cat, the crone, and the cupboard, um, felt very close to the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Shocked. However, <laughs> however, an adventurous quest of a journey is the winner. And the reason I, there was nothing to it, it wasn't even a story, which makes it the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a way, we both won. Because <laughs> you just won it in the worst way possible, which is kind of the point of this podcast. Indeed, indeed. And that takes us quite, quite nicely into, uh, into series two. So even though, because what, I think what we're going we're gonna to look at moving forward is kind of re-emphasizing the, 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 not the badness, but the unpublishable nature of our stories. Um, so I think when we, go, when we go, come back to series two, our mystery reader will be given a, a lot of kind of a clear direction and basically say, out of the two stories in front of you, which one would you not publish? Very much, uh, like you say, a split victory, I would call that. Victory. A split, a split victory, yeah, quite. And, yeah, so that, that's, I think, all that leads, leads us to say is congratulations, Andrew, on being the inaugural winner, 4-3. Thank you um, very much, Jack. And congratulations and to you on being unpublishable. Yes. I suppose, really, when you look at it, I'm I'm the actual winner because if my stories are so bad that the mystery reader has not enjoyed them, then really I've I've won, haven't I? I mean, I haven't mean, I? I, 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 if you want to tell yourself that, but I mean, you know, the mystery reader did choose me as the winner, haven't but I? sure, sure, <laughs> the moral victory for one of us and an actual yes. victory for the other, or yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know which no, one I'd rather have. Congratulations! Well, you just wait until you see the truth. Gonna pick out for you. Your missus is not gonna want it in the house. Um, oh, no, I've got a shelf. Was but gonna put it on as well. And thank you to our mystery reader. You've been there through thick and indeed thin, quite Mostly literally thin, at some point yeah. um, in this uh, in this series. So thank you so much for for taking the time to. To read and judge our stories and deem which one uh, each week has been uh, unpublishable. And thank you if you are listening, whoever you are, however many there are of you. Um, at this moment in time, we have no clue as to whether this is going to be a raging success or um, an unintelligible failure. Brilliant. Well, what a way to end it. Thank you very much, folks. Bye. Good love to you all. Oh, yeah, that too. Big, big, big love to you all. Ciao for now.